We gonna do it podcast microphone style. We gonna make it quick. Welcome to the Rare Air Podcast. It's me, Chandler Rust, here with T. Hutch, the director over Empower North, Northwest, and Northeast California. And we have some extraordinary guests, some notorious guests, the leaders of Team Davis, the recent winner of the Empower Cup tournament. These, this is a huge deal to have these two on today's podcast. We have Thomas Moffitt, regional over Northeast California, and then Sophie Freebairn, team lead over Team Davis. We are so excited to have you guys on here. Just some quick stats to introduce you guys. From the cup, you guys had a three CPS in the final week in the championship round of the cup to take home the trophy. So not only did you win, but you basically slaughtered your competition in the championship round. Wasn't even close. Three CPS, that means three deals for every setter in the office that week. That was incredible. And you averaged a 1.9 CPS throughout the entire cup. That's in, that's honestly insane. A 70% close ratio. If it sits, it closes. We're super excited for you guys to be here. Welcome to the pod. I'm excited to hear from you guys. Let's start with Thomas. What was the most legendary moment for you guys during the cup this year? Um, I think, well, first off, just grateful for the team, but I think um, it was the second to last week of the cup and it was on a Friday and we went out and every setter got a same day. So we had five setters and we went out and got six closes that day and five of them were same days. So that right there, we basically got over a one CPS in one day and that we just took that momentum into the last week of the cup. So Is that in the pretty exciting round or what, what round? It was, was the one? second to last round. I think it's the whole tournament, you guys, I mean, you didn't lose a single week. I mean, I don't think people realize this is like a two-month tournament. Every week, you have to bring your game. And, you know, in the, the last couple of weeks, you guys turned on the absolute afterburners, got a one CPR in one day. Um, Sophie, what, what role did did, uh, did you play in that? Like the setters that day, what did it feel like out there on the doors on that Friday getting that one CPR in one day, what was it like? It was amazing. Like we, um, in our team meeting, we were just like, okay, what do we need to do? Like, this is kind of like, we're like, we want to treat this Friday like it's Saturday. Because at that point in the week, we we're kind of like, anything can happen. Like we're like, if they get three set closes and we bagel today, then we're, you know, then they could beat us. And so we went into it thinking like, this is this Saturday, it's, or this Friday, We'll just treat it like it's Saturday, like it's the very last day of the competition and go super hard. And so we'd be setting, like we set so many appointments, we set same days, we were just, our whole focus was just setting like instances. We'd set multiple appointments at one time and then whichever one, if someone didn't sit, they'd run over to the other appointment. And so, yeah, it was a crazy day. Well, tell me more about um, like the team meeting or the group chat that day. What was the, like the vibe or the energy in in the group chat? I think... A lot of times we we think it's just to send in bills and just like to keep a record of things. Like what what was the what was the group chat really like? Um, yeah, I think it was it was super high energy. Like something someone on our team, Anna, she's awesome with this. Is she will she'll be like like we're like okay, let's shoot for a three CPR. She's like no, a five CPR. 
And so we're like, okay, like, you know, like, okay, well, she will hire. And so I think that helped push us. And she'd always be like, Davis, she, like, we had the, I think, like, a winner mentality, even just throughout the cup. But especially that day was like, we're going to win. Like, I don't know how it's going to happen, but we're going to win. And just like Thomas says, like, if it sits, it closes. Um, but yeah, I feel like Anna had a big role in that of just like bringing a ton of energy and just being like, insist it, insist it. And, and just saying like, Davis wins the cup. She do hashtag Davis wins the cup and send it in. And, and yeah. Yeah. The, the, the team meeting that Friday, um, we pretty much were like, Hey, we, um, we're not, we don't have a massive lead. So, and we can't just coast We're a second week, second last week of the cup. We can't just expect to win because we've won the other seven weeks. And so that day we just went out and um, we we had appointments on our calendars for the closers did, but the setters just had this attitude of we're starting fresh. We're going to act like there's no appointments on the calendar and we're going to go just win it today and just get enough appointments, fresh appointments on the calendar today that close. By the time we get back to our, our apartments and we're home, we're we're gonna take take back the the advantage. Wow! How many setters or how many different setters had a set close that day? Was it pretty diversified, or did it, did someone kind of go off and have multiple same days? I think everyone had a close that day. Every single setter, every setter and closer. Wow! Everyone made money that day. Everyone made money that day. I, I feel like is that a, is that a pretty significant aspect of your team culture where? you know, everyone's pulling their weight, you know, they're, they're, it seems pretty well, you know, evenly spread where everyone's doing what they can. If, if everyone's getting a set close, there's no way you're not getting a set close as well. There's no one going home with a bagel, right? Yeah. No one, no one bagels. It's just, um, like if you don't pull a bill that day, um, you feel pretty awkward on the team because the, just the culture is, yeah, no, no one, nobody bagels. The last week of the cup, the, uh, when we hit three, closes per setter we didn't have a a setter that went out and got like we didn't have any setter go out and get like 60 or 70 percent of the closes everyone pulled their weight um the last week of the cup we had anna shout out to anna she's always pushing the team to a four and five cpr um and she'll count it down in the chat and that week she went out and got a five spot she wanted to go get a five cps as a team so she went out and did it for herself but wow. the up, but the other closes came from pretty much everyone. Everyone had a two or three spot, at least that week. Wow, it seems like insta sits are really common um, in your guys's office. How does that pitch different? You know, and how does that work with the setter closer model, Thomas? Are you following setters around? And Sophie, do you have a pretty unique pitch that allows for insta sits? Let's start with Thomas on that one. Yeah, um, one just one rep in, that comes to mind. When I think of Instasits, it's Sawyer. Sawyer Soloway is the king of Instasits. Uh, we actually had one last night, me and him. Um, but we changed um, our culture from setting like next day or a couple days out. I think that's kind of the, that's what we're trained to do in solar is like set an appointment for your closer when it's really convenient for the homeowner. It could be later that night. It could be a week later, the next day. And what we saw is there's a massive dip in a sit rate when you push it out more than 24 hours. And so what, what we did is we just pretty much, we don't go to appointments that are set a week out or even a couple of days out. 
we just told our setters there's a hundred percent sit ratio if they if we pull the bill and the setter stays there and then a closer just goes right right then and there and we can eliminate our sit ratio or get it to a hundred percent that means we're only dealing with the closer ratio and so um our closers we we pretty much follow setters around we're always in area just um if we're not doing pipeline or we're in a close around just sitting in our car we'll go out and honestly just shadow a setter and just trying to pull in it you know insta closes you're saying you'll have setters start a conversation knock a door um pull the bill and then set the appointment for right there and they'll just keep the conversation going in the meantime texting the closer hey come to this appointment or come to this house i'm in conversation right now with this homeowner and they're willing to sit down yeah yeah exactly uh love it our setters one thing i can say is our setters are aligned with our closers i this is something i noticed is they're aligned with our closers on the quality of the set um i think how, with with what i mean by that is our setters know what it takes to close a deal or what our closers go through and so our setters aren't just setting appointments to fill the calendar and to like roll the dice and hopefully get some closes our setters are putting stuff on the calendar that is it's meant to close and so our setters and closers are aligned that way so closers know whatever's on the calendar is it's very high quality appointment and if it's set more than a couple days out or it's not a high quality appointment or they don't know that it's solar the homeowner doesn't know it's solar then the setter it's their responsibility to follow up with the homeowner reschedule another time but we didn't want to bog down and and put a ton of appointments on our closer schedules and just like cross our fingers and hope that they close we wanted to create a a system where if it's on the calendar it's pretty much it's going to close sophie what are you and sawyer doing or saying differently to be able to have so many on the spot sits yeah so we actually we were kind of struggling with this a few months ago was just setting appointments way out and then we didn't have a really good sit ratio so we did like multiple trainings like me and thomas i remember us talking about it we're like we'll we'll do like we just kept doing trainings on insta sits and same days and how to change our pitch to where we are setting insta sits and so something that we say on the team is when we're on a door we literally just treat it as if it's normal just for a closer to come right by after and so we'll say like pull up the calendar and just say like okay like after we're about to set the appointment okay well it looks like so sarah she's actually just um like if there's an appointment right before like oh she's actually just with um the johnson's do you know the Johnson's like they're right down the street okay well she's um she's actually dropping off a report right now she could she can come right up right, or she can come by right after and um and just run the numbers with you works and so that's basically what we say and then we'll just try to set insta sits and obviously like take like try to figure out like if they're super busy then set it for later that night um but if they're just talking to you then you can just say like oh she's actually just right down the street i'll have her stop by right after and then give her a call and have her come over and so that's usually what we do is just treat every set like we only shoot for insta sits first and then same days and then anything after that like try to solidify as much as possible i feel like what this reminds me of is i mean in that office we've got thomas we've got uh sarah and, and michael we've got some of the best 
closers in the company and some like the top top closers and everything you're talking about is how can we utilize their time most effectively like why would we send thomas who pretty much closes everything you know 75 percent close ratio why would we send him to a bunch of empty houses where people aren't answering right like that's just wasting thomas's time so i love that this alignment between the setters and closers to maximize everybody's time just get them get thomas in the door and get him in front of a customer I think that it's really cool because across the company, you might hear occasionally, oh, we need some more closers now. Now that we've enacted the setter closer model, we have this plethora of setters and our closers are overwhelmed with how many appointments they have. Right. But what they're not doing is, you know, they're still just doing the old approach of just throw the spaghetti at the wall and hope something sticks with, you know, 20 setters in an office. That's not going to work. You have to take this approach that Davis has of setting quality appointments and not wasting a closer's time. And if you do that correctly, you don't need to have all these closers. You just have a couple that are really high level and then the setter closer model will do its magic, right? Another thing I'd say to that is um, setters respect each other's um, appointments too when you do a model like this because if it's on the calendar and we're not wasting closer's time, then... Um, I think like a frustration with the setter closer model when you're just pushing a ton of volume to um, sets to closers. The, the problem is, like you're saying, Chandler, is you have all these setters, closers are bogged down, it's wasting their time, they're going to no-shows. And so teams feel like they have to get more closers. When really, they just need to you know, fine-tune the quality. And if there's less appointments on the calendar, but they're solid, then um, other setters know that like if Sophie's appointments on the calendar and I'm not going to schedule over or even I'm going to go I'm going to give that time that appointment time some buffer some buffer 30 minutes before and after because that's a really solid appointment and so I'm going to schedule 30 minutes after Sophie's appointment because that's really solid that's probably going to close because it's on the calendar and so I've seen that like setters they start to respect each other more and they respect the calendar yeah it's like it's the, it's either the buffet style slop of just throwing appointments on the calendar and just like hoping something goes through compared to the, the fine dining, you know, a la carte, the steak and potatoes, picking the right perfect appointments, the closing to go to. So I love that approach. It saves everybody time. It's just more efficient. It also allows the setters to earn their elevated pay scales as well. You know, that's that was the whole concept of being able to pay setters 50, 60, 70% of the commission on a deal was hey, they're going to produce high quality laydowns. And then you see in other offices where they're not teaching their setters how to set quality appointments. The setters are, are, have earned into that higher elevated pay scale and this frustration because they're not producing quality appointments. It's not being taught for some reason. It's not being enforced. So it's really cool to see, you know, I love seeing Sophie and Sawyer and all these people in your team, you know, be highly compensated for producing high quality appointments. Has that been... Has that been a, a big factor on your team's production this year? Yeah, I was just going to say a lot of our team is um, is year-round. And so, yeah, I do think that that has helped a ton. Is like we we started a little earlier. And so now we're at the point where we're, um, yeah, like we're making more money and we're trying to push that more. And I know like that was something that Anna was focusing on a ton, was like getting to the next level. And um, yeah, and I was also going to say like with what Thomas was talking about, um, I feel like our our culture 
with like the trust that we have between setters and closers and like setters together I feel like we have a ton of a ton of trust and that's what helped us in the cup was like we just trusted each other we trusted that like your appointment is gonna sit and we trust the closer that they're gonna close it or at least do their very best and that's something I feel like that lifted us all up and that helped us hype each other up and just have a super good week is it when going back to your your door approach Sophie are you using a lot of assumptive language when you're trying to get an insta sit? Are you are you asking if they're available right now? Or are you telling them, hey, we're going to come by and do this right now and just run the numbers real quick? Is it pretty assumptive yeah. or is it or is it pretty, are you asking permission? Yeah, so it's really assumptive. So, um, so yeah, I basically just like, I just go through my pitch and if they don't have any objections, then I just keep going in and say, okay, Sarah, we'll stop by in 15 minutes and run the numbers to see if you qualify. Love it. That's sick. I actually, on that same note there, I kind of want to ask Thomas, Sophie is the is the setter team lead for, for the Davis team, right? Um, this is yeah. kind of a new, a new role we, we created this year. Um, just saw the need to have a leader in that office that is, you know, leading from the front and doing the exact same job as, as the setters and just kind of being that, that pace setter. Um, how have you seen that affect your office, Thomas, and affect that, that team, like having Sophie as the setter team lead? Yeah, big shout out to Sophie. She's probably the hardest working pe- person out in power right now. Um, she works 50 hours on the door like every every week. Um, she clocks some mad hours on the door, on the doors, and the team sees that. I think um, our average, you know, um, hours per setter throughout the cup for that team was like 38 hours on the doors. So they're putting in pretty much a 40 hour work week on the doors and it comes down to Sophie leading from the front and showing the team, you know, how to put in those inputs because what I've seen is teams that don't have that setter leader, um, just no one's, no one's leading from the front and showing setters what's possible. I think a lot of teams, they, they put in the inputs or they see someone put in inputs and then they, they follow that and they don't see immediate results. And so they lower their inputs. Because like, I'm not seeing results. I'm going to, you know, this isn't working out. I'm going to put in less inputs. With Sophie, what I've seen this year is whenever she's not seeing her results, she actually ups her inputs. So whenever like she has a week where she bageled and she worked 38, 40 hours on the doors, the next week she clocks like 50 hours on the doors. And that's something I've seen Sophie do. And I, I think that's just created a culture of, you know, we don't lower our goals. We just elevate nor inputs love it i i feel like we see a lot of reps that you know they don't like you just mentioned a lot of reps they don't see success in a week and they think oh man this isn't working and they'll kind of slow down right or there's actually what happens on the flip side is they see a ton of success really quick or like have a really big week and they think oh this is easy i can actually work less and and still have a good week what we found in this job and door to door and sales in general, it's like if you're not giving a hundred percent effort, you don't get a hundred percent. Like you don't get anything. If you're trying to get fifty percent effort, you're not going to get fifty percent success. You're going to get zero percent. And so I love that having that team lead to set the pace. Uh, it's been pretty well established that the team is never going to try and do more than the leader. Right? They're always going to try and catch the leader. Um, and so I want to ask you, Sophie, what has it been like for you to kind of fill that role? as that team lead for the office and be that setter leader what what's the mindset around that how's that been yeah um it's been really good i think um 
becoming the setter team lead really helped me to step up. Um, I went into leadership hearing like your team does 50% of what you do and 50% of the inputs that you put in. And so I was like, okay, well, I'm just going to focus on being first on the door and last on the door. And so ever since then, I've never gone home before 830. I'm always out there, except on the fourth. We had like a, it was like no one was really. Hey, it's, it's America's like, birthday. You got you a little time off. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so I always just had that expectation for myself and just set that standard. Like, no matter what happens, I'm going to be the first on the door and last on the door. And as long as I can do that, I know my team will also do their best to hit the hours. And like, I feel like I've been really lucky. My team, like, I can say every single one of them, they are amazing. Like, they... And they they put in a lot of hours and like it's just super cool to see. But I that was kind of my focus was just put in as many hours as I can and and trust the process that if I'm on the doors, like I'm gonna see success. And then even if I am, um, there's this concept in Ed Milet's book, it's the power of one more, and it's basically like um where he talks about like how he basically talks about a pinata and how um, you don't just break open the pinata with one hit. Like you don't just get a set close with one one hour knocked. You those little hours, like in between, that seem like don't have any effect on your goal. Like those are the things that are helping you reach that. And so that's kind of what I keep in mind is just put in the inputs and like and trust the process. And yeah, I love that analogy. It's with a pinata, you know, on any one of your swings of that pinata, it could explode and you could be rewarded, right? But you don't know if it's if it's this hit or the next hit. So you might as well just swing one more time and see if it's the one that that goes off, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm curious, you know, you, you said you're always the last one off the doors. What in the cup, and, and not just from you, but what was the latest close that you guys had during the cup? What time was that at and what time did it end? Um, we've set appointments for 10 p.m. Uh, I think Michael Johnson during the cup closed two appointments um, on a Friday and Saturday that were set at 10 p.m. He showed up at 10 p.m. They were, stocks were signed, you know, 11, 15, 11, 30. That's and we're, so you know, we're, we're sending them to, you know, we're uploading them. We're getting everything squeaky clean by midnight. But um, yeah, that's the, that's the attitude on the team. Is that normal yeah. to set a 10 p.m. appointment on your team or is that kind of a special circumstance? Um, I think it's 10 p.m. is maybe an ex- extreme like competition week, but it's pretty normal to set 9 p.m. appointments. Um, our closers have a lot of trust in our setters. And if an appointment is set at 8.30, you know, 8 a.m. or 9 p.m., our closers are going to be there because they know the homeowner knows it's solar. Um, some of those late, appointments and early appointments are the best to go to if they're solid because other companies are willing to go to them. Love it. I think we see sometimes closers complain about having early appointments or late appointments, but they don't complain if they're closing them, right? They're not complaining if they just walked out with, you know, four or five grand in commission. So I think that's where this model of trusting the setter and the closer that we're setting quality leads just opens up so many opportunities for us. I love that. I think it's 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 time to notice that Team Davis is, I think, primarily girls, right? So we have Sarah, Sophie, and am I missing anybody else? Those are the three, the, the powerhouse, the, the triplets right there, which is super Trinity. cool. 
the Trinity, <laughs> the Holy Trinity. And then we have Sophie leading the team. So first, first female team lead to win, you know, a massive empower competition. This is really cool to see. Um, how does it feel, you know, kind of paving the way for, for female reps? I know you and, and Sarah's a top rep in the company right now, and you just led the team in a really remarkable way for the cup. How does that feel paving the way for all the rest of the girls in the industry? Um, that's a really good question. I think, um, I mean, I think it feels like it feels really good. I like, I feel like it's not me. <laughs> so like, I think it's just the whole team in general is just, it's just amazing. But yeah, it is really humbling that, that we were able to win our, our little team and like half girls, we just, we just go out and, and do our best. And, um, something that was cool is that like from the beginning we we kind of like joke about it but we're like oh we're gonna like manifest this that team davis like we're gonna win like very first week it was like davis wins the cup that was something that was cool is that we just like we're like we're this like we're a little team but like we're gonna go out and do our very best and and so it's been cool to see like the progress throughout the cup is like oh we might actually win this and um but yeah it's been really cool to be part of this team and to see everyone work so hard and put in everything for each other like we're we're knocking these doors and I'm like I do not want to let these people down and we're all kind of just like we do not want to let our team down we don't want to look back and be like dang like I could have knocked those hours like when when the rest of my team was knocking um but yeah it's been it's been super cool something I learned last night is Sophie is a third generation door knocker her dad knocked doors and her grandpa actually knocked doors um which is super cool i didn't know that that was awesome sophie is paving the way for future generations of door knockers i love it sophie what what is your story i know thomas has been on the podcast before so we we know thomas everyone knows thomas but sophie what what's your story how did you end up here it's actually pretty funny because after after my mission so i didn't knock a single door on my mission well i did like shadow um shadow a couple of sisters but then I was in COVID like my second transfer and so didn't knock at all and I got home from my mission and some people tried to recruit me and I was just like no like summer sales like not my thing I'm not about to do summer sales like um and then there is this actually yeah so the so then I had some guys that I was friends with and I thought they were cute and they were like come do sales with us and i was like okay i was like maybe like i'll think about it let's i'll I'll come do a recruiting meeting um and it never happened but then my friend megan she was talking about megan smoot she was talking about um sales and at this point i started to um i i wanted to do like invest in real estate and that was a big goal i had and so i just i was like what's the what's a way that i can get money quick and and she told me about sales and so i just i had a recruiting meeting with thomas and i'm i'm literally i'm such an easy sell like i was like literally he was like halfway through i'm like yeah i was like okay well what do i do now like i i think i just saw the vision within power and i love like the personal growth and just like that focus and and i was like i was all in and after that i was like i'll just do a summer see how it goes and if i want to stay out later i'll stay out later but like I was just planning on doing one year and now it's kind of um it's been it's been awesome and like empower i'm just like i love this company so much and um we, we pay her to say that <laughs> <laughs> yes. 
ad. That's an ad right there. <laughs> I'm getting Tyler's override. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's funny because I didn't even really think about my dad when I was starting sales, but he did he did sales for Vivint for a year um, when I was a senior in high school and didn't even think about it, but he knocked in Utah. And then my grandpa, a day before I came out to do sales, we had like a family dinner and he's like, oh, like, did I tell you I... I sold, I went door to door and sold pots and pans uh, in Sacramento. And I was like, that's literally where I'm going to Sacramento. Wow. Like the, it was just crazy. Yeah. Third generation. Right. <laughs> I wonder if he has any uh, old leads for you to go and uh, upsell from pots and pans, the solar. <laughs> Love it. I, I thought about that. <laughs> wow. It's super cool to hear Sophie. I think we also need to shout out the rest of the Davis team. You know, we had a remarkable performance to the whole cup. We had guys kind of in and out. Um, you know, Dominic had a baby in the middle of the cup, um, but the whole team includes Sophie, uh, Sawyer, Anna, Dominic, Ben, Noah, or the setters, and then the closers, Michael, Sarah, and Thomas Moffat right here. So congrats to your whole team. Uh, any, anything else stand out to you as far as the team performance goes? Any funny stories or kind of crazy things that happen through the cup that are just kind of you had to be there? Um, one thing on Dominic having a baby... Um, that week he had a baby. Um, he still got two set closes that week because he didn't want to let the team down. So he was stressing and texting me and Sophie just like, you know, I don't want to let the team down. I don't, you know, but now I have this baby. I don't want to let my wife down. I have to be here, but I don't want to let the team down. I don't want to be the reason we, we, um, we lose. And so, um, he was texting people referrals and pulled out two deals and, yeah, so that's that was pulled out yeah. two deals and pulled out a baby. <laughs> yeah, two deals at ugly PTO. Love it. Like the last week of the cup, we only had half the setters there, and so um, and so Michael or sorry, um, Thomas and and Pope and Noah they came off the air airplane and they like we gave them their uniforms and they just started. They went to work. And it was just so funny. Like Noah just came right off the plane, set an insta sit, and it closed. Insane. That was, that was his first door of the year, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah. 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 I'm pretty curious to know. Are you guys pretty excited for the price for the F1 tickets that you all got? How's the How's the excitement around that? We're We're stoked. Um, I'm pretty stoked for the cup next year. So we're gonna take it again. <laughs> I hear you guys are uh, you guys are watching the the F one Netflix show right now, getting getting prepped for it. Yeah, Daniel Ricardo. Mm, I want to go. I want to see him drive. <laughs> Love it. Well, you won the twenty twenty three Empower Cup. Uh, sounds like maybe you're you're calling your shot for the twenty twenty four Cup for sure. And I believe Thomas, you you presided over the team that won the twenty twenty two Cup. You got to go on the. The, you, you contributed to that one as well, correct? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, slaved away with Yuba. Um, what was kind of interesting just with Davis and Yuba, a similar similarity I saw is Yuba last year worked 13 days or 14 days straight or something like that to win the cup. Right, and so the Sunday, last... Sunday, Monday, they, you mean they worked 14 days, no days off. Yeah, they just worked Every straight day. two weeks, two weeks. And... We didn't really see burnout because setters were aligned. You know, they were achieving what they wanted to. And so with Davis, we implemented that um, this year with the cup. It's the final week. We worked um, 
most of the team worked Friday through the following Saturday. Um, a, a couple of people took off Sunday for um, some religious reasons, but basically we worked, you know, nine days straight and um, we didn't really have reps on the team complaining about burnout because we were, you know, the, the team was aligned with our goal and we were achieving it. Kind of crazy. I was listening to Andy Elliott this morning. He's a pretty crazy person typically, but he's, he, his philosophy is that burnout is fake. There's no such thing as burnout. Burnout is just losing your why, not understanding what your mission is, not understanding what you're doing or why you're there. And it's pretty clear. I mean, there's, there's the experiment right there. Can you work 14 days if you have a purpose? Yes, you can work 14 days without stopping. And I think obviously you hit a point of a point of actual physical exhaustion, which is what happened in Yuba last year. But uh, I think uh, I think you're a testament to everyone in this company that if you have a good mission and if you have a good why, burnout doesn't exist. Sophie, what how, how many months have you been out this year working so far? I think almost six. Almost six months. And same with you, Thomas. Right? Yeah, yeah. Most of the team for Davis. Um, they're working till end of October. Uh, they, they might not even work. They'll probably work the last week of August, the company week off. I've had a couple of texts from setters on the Davis team kind of complaining about that week off. <laughs> so we, we, sometimes we need to put the brakes on the team to have fun, um, because they're just out there knocking. So we have closers that are, okay, we, we have too many appointments. Can we go do a team activity? So closers can have a break <laughs> oh my goodness that's awesome you guys are an example for everyone at this company um from a regional level thomas and from a, a setter and team lead level sophie so thank you guys we appreciate you guys being here on the podcast today and we know this will benefit everyone that listens to uh this episode not just at empower but in industry so thank you guys Thank you. Yeah, thanks for having us on. Yeah, you lacking, you tripping, you